You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 146. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Have you ever done any research as to the meaning of your name? Well, I think it's interesting. You know, in Bible times, uh, names had real significance and would often be reflective of the purpose and the description of their lives. So poor Hosea's kids, you know, how would you like it to be named God Scatters or not loved or not my people? <laughs> I would hate that. But uh, I have a friend who, who named her child Wilder. He's precious, but he is all boy. And I asked her one day if her next child it was a girl, if she was going to, you know, maybe go in a different direction and name her Peace or something. <laughs> I'm always teasing her about that. But we named our youngest Meredith because we liked it. You know, my sister-in-law's friend's name was Meredith. And one day when we were in Memphis visiting them and we met their friend, Meredith, and I was pregnant. And so we liked it. And we just asked, hey, can we use your name? <laughs> so no, she's not named after the Grey's Anatomy character. But Meredith's name means Lord of the Sea. I'm not sure what that's going to do for her. But uh, so obviously in today's times, we often use uh, names because we like them. But as I said, in the Bible, names were a big deal. And names of God are especially a big deal because they tell us who he is, his character, his bigness. And this week in the spirit of the Christmas season, we are going to explore a name given to our Savior at his birth or reflected at his birth, at least, but first spoken of in the Old Testament. And so we're going to use We Are Messengers new Christmas song, God With Us, to inspire us to explore the name Emmanuel. Let's listen. Bible interaction tool exercise that I used this week was to meditate. Now, I present BITES, B-I-T-E's, Bible interaction tool exercises each week as practical habits that you can incorporate into your daily and weekly Bible study time to deepen your knowledge and interaction with God's Word. Now, when I say meditate, I don't mean sitting around with my legs crossed and eyes closed humming. What I really mean is that I let myself really ponder and think about um, God's Word. And, and I, I'm, I'm a learner, okay? So I like to consume knowledge and um, keep looking for my next fix. You know, the next article, the next episode, the next book, the next conversation, this works against me sometimes when what I really need to do is process or ponder something, give myself some time to learn and apply before moving on. 
So don't get me wrong. I eventually broke down and I used another bite this week. And uh, I did eventually consult a commentary and I'm going to get to that. But here's how my week went if you want to try it yourself. So first I downloaded the song, God With Us by We Are Messengers. It's a beautiful song and I listened to it on repeat. And then I looked up Matthew chapter one, where we learned that Jesus was Emmanuel, which means God with us. So let me read that. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. All right, so that's in Matthew chapter 1. And the prophet, the the to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, uh, the prophet here is Isaiah. And it's in chapter 7 where it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So I really pondered this name of God, God with us. I meditated on it. I, I, I let it roll around in my mind a bit. And I did that by listening to the song and just kind of thinking about it. What is so significant about this name? And what does it reveal about God? What, what, what's, what's the significance? And, and one way that I think about things when I, when I meditate or when I think about them deeply is to consider the opposite. So what would the opposite of God with us be? Well, God is not with us. Um, so what would it look like to serve a God that was not with us? And think on that for a bit. You know, the truth is, though, that he is. It's in his name. It's in his character. Emmanuel, God with us. So God sent his son, fully God and fully man, to walk this earth and really be with us. That is significant. And you do realize that God with us is the way that God designed it from the beginning. You see, you see evidence of it when we see him walking in the garden in the cool of the day in Genesis chapter 3. It was, it was his practice to walk in the garden in relationship with Adam and Eve. God with us is, is how it was intended to be all along. So God begins the restoration of his original intent by coming to earth to walk with us. God is not a distant father. He, he's a present savior. He, he makes his home with us. He came as a baby. He grew into, his, into a man. He walked among us. He gave his life to pay for our sins. He resurrected from the dead, conquering death in the grave once and for all. He sits at the right hand of the father, but he doesn't leave us alone. He left us the helper, the comforter, his very presence in the Holy Spirit that we can have all have God himself within us, God with us forever. It's a beautiful thought. 
this beautiful name of our Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. You know, it cost him a lot to be God with us. Um, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He gave up a lot. To, he, it cost him a lot, but he gave up a lot to be God with us. Just consider where he came from. You know, John 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. He left that place and that fellowship with God from the beginning and, and, and to come and be God with us. It shows uh, great humility to be God with us. God, God literally emptied himself to be with us. Philippians 2 teaches us who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You see, God came down to be with us by emptying himself, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, taking on a body of flesh. Like John 1 teaches, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word, Logos, God himself became flesh and dwelt among us. God with us. Then the more you think about it, the, the more beautiful it is. But but a firm understanding of something that I easily said earlier, just a just a few minutes ago, uh, will bring great depth to your understanding of this significant name. This name that is mentioned in the midst of this often familiar Christmas story. You see, I said earlier, Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. Fully God, yes, God with us, but fully man. And so a, th- a solid theological understanding of this is in order. I-, I have mentioned in previous episodes that I don't want my faith to be academic to the point, point that I fail to be transformed by its truth, but it must be grounded. We, we must have an understanding. And I think of the Bereans. They're mentioned in Acts 17. It says that they were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. We must be like them. We must examine the scriptures to see if what our pastors and our teachers and our favorite podcasters are saying, to see if what they're saying is true. I I usually go deeper in my study when I cannot easily explain something in my own words, you know, meaning I, I haven't fully internalized what I say I believe. If I say, for example, I believe in the gospel, but I cannot off the top of my head describe the gospel in my own words, true to how scripture describes it, of course, but then I need to invest more time in study and understanding of it. And, and sometimes it's like when someone asks you to define a word that you know what it means, especially in context, but not so succinctly that you can define it yourself or describe it in your own words without looking it up. So this is where I was this week when I was thinking about this idea of fully God and fully man. I could say it. I even had a few verses in my arsenal to somewhat support it, but I wanted to dive deeper. And so that is my next bite, my next Bible interaction tool exercise this week. Consult 
a commentary. And in this case, I consulted a book, a systematic theology book. I've mentioned it before. It's the one by Wayne Grudem. And I'm super excited to share in the show notes links to a podcast of Wayne Grudem teaching this chapter of his book, Systematic Theology. Uh, It's actually over three sessions. So if you don't want to purchase the book right now, or if you're not much of a reader, or you prefer to listen to it, or you want to read it and listen to it, I'll link to those three episodes in the show notes. And uh, to access that, you just go to michellekneezat.com forward slash 146. Look under additional resources, and I'll have those podcast links there. So obviously something that's taught over three 45-minute sessions cannot be completely reviewed by me with the few minutes that I have left remaining on today's podcast. But I, I wanted to point out a few key thoughts that I gleaned from my reading this week, and hopefully I'll inspire you to dig a little deeper on this as well. But first of all, appropriate to the season that we're that we're in, we consider the virgin birth. And this birth gives a beautiful picture of fully God and fully man. You know, we may not understand it much more than even Mary herself did, but God chose to use the seed of a woman to to chose to use a woman to to um, to to birth a child that was going to destroy the enemy. It's described in Genesis, you know, that the that the seed of a woman would bruise um, the head of the serpent. So Jesus is that offspring of a woman. But because the spirit brought about the conception of Jesus in the womb of Mary, the child was to be called holy fully God, fully man. And we see evidence of Jesus being fully man uh, in that he reflected human weaknesses and limitations and experiences. He, he had a human body that grew. He was born as a baby and grew up to be a man. He thirsted. He became weary. He was hungry. He even died. You know, he had a human mind. Luke 2.52 says that he grew in wisdom and stature. So his mind grew. His stature grew. His body grew. He had a human soul and emotions. Scripture describes his soul and spirit were troubled at times. He experiences sorrow. He marvels. He marveled at the centurion's faith. He prayed with loud cries and tears. These are all human experiences, human emotions. He was one of us. And yet more than that, he was God with us. You know, Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet was without sin. So our Savior who understands us because he emptied himself and became a servant in a suit of flesh was also fully God. Last week on the podcast, and if you accepted my weekly challenge and read through Luke chapters 1 and 2, you read, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Essentially, it is saying, Today in Bethlehem a baby has been born who is your Savior and your Messiah and who is also God himself. Many places in scripture, Jesus is described as Lord, not like Lord of the house or master of the house, but God himself. You know, John the Baptist is described as being the voice crying out, first referenced in Isaiah 40, where it says, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The implication is that when Jesus comes, the Lord himself will come, God with us. There is much proof of the deity of Christ, meaning that he is God himself, not just that Christ himself declared it so, which he did often, but he could still the sea with a word. He multiplied loaves and fishes and he changed water into wine. 
of course, these miracles could have been a, a power given by the whole, given to him by the Holy Spirit in the moment, like a prophet of the Old Testament might have been able to do some of those things. But we add to all of that that he knew the hearts of men and 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 reflected his omniscience, the all-knowing powers of God himself, because he was God with us. Jesus displayed the sovereignty and authority of God himself while on earth, and he is worthy of worship. And we all know that God alone holds that right. So let's read the rest of the section in Philippians. Earlier I talked about Philippians 2, where it mentions um, him being a, uh, emptying himself by taking the form of a servant. It started out, I gave you the first part. Let's read the second part. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's what I read earlier. Then it goes on to say, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's worthy of our worship because he is God, fully man, fully God, God with us. So what what does all of this mean to us? Well, first of all, God with us is a reflection of who God is. This is the God we serve, not a God who is distant and uncaring or unwilling to get his hands dirty in the details of human life. No, God came down to be with us, to walk with us in the cool of the day, to experience a life on created earth, to be a perfect mediator between God and man, and to make a path to eternal salvation. That should inspire us to praise him. That should humble us. We should share that good news with others. But also, if we read the beginning of Philippians chapter 2, what I just read, if we read the, the verses before that, if we read in context, we see that Christ is being described as our example It starts out by saying, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, emptied himself. And that's what we read earlier a couple of times. So our Emmanuel, this this baby we're celebrating in this season is God with us and as is an example to us, an example of the mind of Christ to emulate finally be encouraged. God is still with you. You're not alone. He's left his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. He has promised that where two or more are gathered in his name, he is in the midst of them. He's even promised his disciples and therefore us, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is still with us. And for that, I'm encouraged and I'm grateful. So what's next? Well, let's read Matthew chapters 1 and 2 this week. We read Luke 1 and 2 last week. Let's read Matthew 1 and 2 this week and reflect on the significance of the name given to Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. 
explore further understanding of the person of Christ by reading more in a systematic theology book or listening to the podcast that I reference in additional resources in the show notes. Consider what it means to us today to have the mind of Christ by reading and meditating on Philippians chapter 2. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Gloria from South Carolina, Christian from Missouri, Angela from North Carolina, Nadine from New York, Alan from Arkansas, and Karen from Illinois. These are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week, and in that email, you will get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you'll get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes. While you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Jeremy, who says, when you slow down and examine each word of a worship song through the lens of scripture, it does become more than a song. Well said, Jeremy. Thank you so much. And A Crash LSME wrote that she was searching for Run Devil Run and ran across that episode of the podcast and writes, I just stumbled upon your podcast today and I pretty much love it. She also says that music speaks to her heart and that she plans to keep listening and learning. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the traditional Christmas hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful, uh, as sung by Lauren Daigle. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 146. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, Take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.